pandemic, you. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to Now Available, the Internet's only streaming service podcast. I am one of your hosts, Adam Howard, and with me, as always, the weasel himself, Rick Attinger. Dude, okay, so I had it, the first time I did it, fucked it up. Second time I did it, absolutely nailed it, besides my voice, I fucked that up. This time, absolutely butchered it. Uh, but that song is bumping. Holy hell, I love that one. Well, Can I you... have no idea what song we're talking about. Oh, <laughs> I can't hear him. <laughs> it's like I found some like copy free or copyright free uh, music on Spotify, like a playlist. Yeah. So I just hit random on it, and whatever plays plays. But that one was oops, that one was fun. I like that one. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh... Um. So, uh, uh, who's your favorite character in this? In the first, in the first group. In the first. Oh, out of the first group. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's it's tough to say, to say because there's. there's... I, think I think it might be the. the... I keep I going back and forth on different characters because there's a bunch of good ones, but I think probably my favorite, like, like the funniest character, is probably uh, the detachable kid. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> I, just fantastic. fantastic. My favorite in the first group in the first squad is fucking Weasel. I love Weasel, and I'm I'm angry that there's not more of him. Like there should be a way more Weasel. Spoiler alert! Uh, yeah, big big time spoilers. Be more <laughs> big time spoilers on the Weasel. weasel. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, are we just getting right into the movie? Um. Well, I got I got. Uh, I got two things for you. Do you have another Rick's pick? I do have a I do have a Rick's pick. Um, so I was on HBO, and this isn't necessarily a movie. It's it's not (laughs) it's not a movie, but it's a show that I didn't realize was on there. Um, that I love. It's called Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories, and it's from the comedy geniuses uh, Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. If you have HBO. If anyone has out there has HBO, go watch the roommates episode. And if you don't think that's funny, then there's no please, there's no hope for you. That's the funniest fucking episode. Um, roommates episode. Okay, let's yep. check it out. It's just a, it's just a goofy show. Um, I love it. I think it's very funny. So that's uh, my that's Rick's picks for this week <laughs> for for this episode. Um, but then on my my second thing I wanted to show off for a little show and tell like we used to do. Look at this. They're all talking. What is it? Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Wait, Tolkien did an adaptation of it? This is, uh, after he had passed away, he was like, he was like in the process of, um, translating the poem from like old English to like readable English, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this is the first book that came out after his death. Like his son, I believe, finished it off. So for oh, all you guys are interesting. All you green knight heads out there, go pick up the book. I think it's only like eight bucks. It's not bad. Yeah, it's eight bucks. And there's like three poems in there. Interesting. Interesting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um Yeah, do okay, so <laughs> I know I have a story. We already did an episode today. Um in that time between the two, nothing happened to me. Did anything? Did you do anything cool? I mean, I 
I went and got some uh, some coffee, did some grocery shopping, uh, got a little of this, got a little of that, and then I scooped uh, cat shit and rabbit shit. I did that uh, during our break. Got super super sweaty because it's like ninety degrees, and I have an air conditioner that covers two hundred fifty square feet of my seven hundred fifty square foot apartment. So it was hot. I was dripping with sweat. So now I'm back. I'm showered. I should smell hopefully through the screen now. For smell vision. vision. <laughs> I can't wait until they invent streamable smell vision. Well, I mean, God, I, I, I don't even know what's going to happen. Because you're going to have to, like, have refill packs of everything, and it's going to have, like, there's these base 16 smells, and then you can get it in 32, and then oh. 64, and, like, like, the different, like, Depending on what type of smell or like how how detailed you want the smells to smell, there's like the base pack which gives you your base smells, and then you can go on from there, where you can add on additional ones, and then the refills you buy them in single. <laughs> it's the Coke freestyle of uh, smell, <laughs> dude. Okay, that's like weird. That's like weird. Uh, but I can see how people would be like into it because there's some fucking freaky shit that goes on on the internet. Uh, I was on Twitch, like I was just like on the homepage, like scrolling through. Uh, it was a couple nights ago, and there was like a, an ASMR video or like stream that was happening. They had like thirty thousand people watching it, and it was yeah. It, okay, so it's like super high production, like unbelievably high production value. Um. It's this woman with, I think she had like red hair or something. And she's got these two microphones that look like they're like, they're, they're really weird. They have like this pla or plastic, like rubbery thing on the ends of them. And it's on both sides. And she's like licking it. And like, she's like, <laughs> but it, dude, it was so gross. And like, it's blaring out of my one speaker because she's on that one side. And then she goes to the other side and she does the same thing and it's blaring out of the other side. So like Jeez. there was 30,000 people watching that. And I was like, oh my God, dude, that's, that's some freaky shit. There's a lot of freaks out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of strange. <laughs> say it, to say the least. Um, so here's, I just came up with this idea. When we hit the, you know, the sponsor uh, goals of, you know, we get all of our favorite big name sponsors that like, hit us up. We do a hot tub stream. We're each in our own. <laughs> we're, each, we're each in our own respective hot tubs with bikinis on. And we talk about what <laughs> it is. Or I do the ASMR stream where it's me just fucking licking my mic and going. Oh God. Bam, bam, bam. oh God! It's so free. Oh, it doesn't make me feel good. No, I feel, I feel like if we do the hot tub stream, it like it has to be hot tub time machine. Like I feel oh. like that's like the movie. It has to be. If we roll hot tub time machine, I'm getting a hot tub. I will put. I will set it up right here in this room. I don't give a shit. And it'll be me with the with the heart sunglasses on and the. Sunscreen on my nose, just chilling in a lawn chair, drinking some. Uh, well, what the hell was the drink they were drinking in that movie? Chernobyl. Drinking some Chernobyl. Yeah. I love Honestly, that movie. 
Honestly, I'm I'm curious because I'm I'm 20 at this moment, and in less than a month, I will be 21. And I'm interested to see if we'll do any like drinking game streams or like any like like drunk movie watch alongs or anything like that. Oh my god, that would be so fun. I didn't even think I was, about that. Because part of me was like thinking of doing like we could do like the batman movies or something like that like start with the adam west batman movie and go up through all of them oh my and like God. with different like we have the same rules for each one mm-hmm. like in particular i think the best one to do would be batman and robin like because you like take a drink every time they make an ice pun oh my this, you'd be dead like, <laughs> yeah you would like be absolutely that. dead yeah, like that sort of stuff I'm like thinking about. I'm like, that would be that'd be kind of crazy to do. I'm like, but I'd be down for it. Cause like I want eventually down the line, hopefully, we'll have like the now available Empire. Yeah. Where we'll have we'll have this the flagship show, we'll have other shows like a new show or like different stuff like that. We'll have like fun live streams of either gaming or like taking or like different stuff like that would be be pretty fun so i don't know there's a lot of a lot of different options we could we could go for the now available empire it sounds insane but yeah dude just, a, drink, a drinking one would be really fun i would definitely do that yeah insert the walter white i'm in the empire business gift here <laughs> i'm i am in the empire business we have to shave our heads and grow goatees I don't know. It's going to take me a while to get a goatee. (laughs) Dude, so I've been growing facial hair for what? Since I was like 15? Does not connect. Has never connected. It does not go all the way down. I can grow this out, but it doesn't connect. I'm the the same way where mine won't connect either. It's like, just here, it's nothing. (laughs) That's and my like, favorite. Yeah. Do you get this spot underneath your chin that doesn't grow in? Yeah, I do. I get. I have the bald patch like, <laughs> on the bottom of my chin where it's like there's just nothing there. My mine comes in a little bit now. It used to be really bad, but now it's like usually I don't shave my face like all the way down. Like this is like I shaved a couple days ago, but I'll let it like kind of grow over so I can just kind of like <laughs> comb it over. I guess. <laughs> So I mean, it still looks shit like shit. Home over. Yeah, don't get me wrong; it still looks like shit, but it's you know, it's a hard life. Someone's got to live it. That's for sure. Um, so I wanted to discuss a piece of news that you sent me. Um, oh, okay. Because it, 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 it it's, it's relevant it, to the episode. It goes along with the episode. Yeah. Um, Idris Elba. Cast as the voice of Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Now, okay. Crazy. For me, this is the best news possible. (laughs) Um, I was already super stoked on seeing Sonic 2. Um, I loved that first one. I thought that first one was awesome. Oh, you did end up seeing it? Yeah. uh, It was on Hulu, I think. Hulu, yeah. I've watched it on there a couple times. Um, It's just fun. It's just a fun movie. Um, but oh my god, dude, I love Idris Elba, and I'm glad that he's getting like he's more in it. Like I feel like I'm seeing him everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah, he's like he's been popping off recently because like there's 
like what as he was making the transition from like TV to movies and stuff like that, there were some hiccups. There was like the Dark Tower. Um, mm-hmm. He had like kind of smaller parts of different movies, and then like recently, like he's kind of exploded. Like there's the Suicide Squad. He's in Sonic. He was in trying to think of some other ones he was in because he was in some big ones too well he's also um what's his face in the thor movies oh yeah heimdall heimdall for for whatever reason i thought the character he's playing in thor was jodenheim (laughs) (laughs) it's a whole nother world yeah because like with suicide squad there's a place called jodenheim and i kept being like wait isn't that his character's thor (laughs) It's me, Jotunheim, <laughs> from the movie Thor. <laughs> Dude, um... Yeah, Dark Tower? Fucking sick. I like that movie. I like that movie, too, but, like, yeah. a lot of people did it. Yeah, it's a hard... I feel like that's a hard story to tell, especially in, the like, a movie, because it's there's so many fucking books, and, like, not, not a lot of people know that story. Um, so I feel like yeah, it's tough I, to tell. I've read the first two books at this point i think i have to pick up the third because i just like finished the second one recently mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a cool story it's just it's way different than the movie like it it takes it takes the world of it and builds it into like a 90 minute runtime basically yeah it shrinks it down six books into you know 90 minutes Let's see if i can turn my lights up a little bit there we go and they also made it more family friendly too because it's only like pg-13 i think yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's too crazy um what do you what do you you think about sonic 2 what do you think about this news i'm pretty excited i think i don't know who that who else they could have cast as knuckles like i'm not a huge sonic fan but like i'm like that's a pretty pretty uh spot on casting to be from like what i remember because like when i was younger i'd watch like the sonic cartoons at like saturday mornings and whatnot and that was pretty much my knowledge base for sonic um and i remember like like liking the character design and knuckles and stuff like that and being like gruff. And I think Idris Alba will like nail that. Um but yeah, I think he's because I couldn't imagine who else they could could do with that role. Like part of it part the person I just thought of where I'm like maybe maybe this person was Jason Statham. <laughs> but I Jason think Statham. That's what you're going it's more if you're trying to go like really goofy. I think Idris Elba's like kind of the perfect fit though for that role. I'm trying to adjust my camera. Okay. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, I think it's gonna be good because it's gonna be like a cool juxtaposition between uh fucking Ben Schwartz, who's like just like a goofy dude, anyways, mm-hmm. and the way that like he talks and shit. It's gonna be cool to hear Idris Elba's like deep like manly voice compared to ben's like jokey kid sounding voice yeah he's gonna he's gonna play the straight man to sonic's like goofball yeah oh dude i think that's gonna be an awesome dynamic oh it's gonna be so cool i can't wait oh my god do you know if james marston's gonna be in the next one oh i don't know i would imagine i can't imagine them going too crazy with the cast i feel like the story will be just like continuation of the first one I have to imagine so, yeah. But I'm curious. I'm curious to if they're gonna go back to uh, Doctor What's His Face Robotnik. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if they'll go back to him immediately, or if they'll like do something else. Because I remember there's like other 
other like like Sonic like characters like there's like Shadow and different different people. So I don't I can't remember if they're good guys or not, but I don't know if they'll go to like more the Sonic based characters, like the the actual creatures, or if it'll go back to uh, Doctor Robotnik. But I think a lot of that probably depends on Jim Carrey's schedule, <laughs> to be honest. What do you think Jim Carrey is up to? Like, what is he doing? I think, I honestly, I don't know. Cause he like, he went away for a while. He went away probably for like the 2010s and now he's like coming back and doing different stuff. I think he's just kind of, kind of enjoying life at the moment. He's like, sure. I'll, I'll play this super goofy character. Like, I think that's kind of what he's doing now is he's just going, going roll to roll, kind of just, just the roles he feels is, it's him is kind of uh, doing that. But I don't know. He might. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> um. So lately, my new thing on YouTube has been watching uh, these compilations of like old commercials. Um. It'd, it'd be like an hour long video of like commercials from 99 to 2001 or something stupid like that. And I was watching one the other day that was from uh, 1999. And they were like, some of the commercials were really funny. Like, uh, there's a Burger King one that's like all about Pokemon. And it's like, did your kid talk like this? And it's like a little kid and he's like, Bulbasaur, Pikachu, Jigglypuff. And he's just like naming off Pokemon. Uh, so that one's really funny. But there was a commercial for um, the theater release of uh, Man on the Moon. And uh, have you ever seen that movie? I've never seen it. No, I know like, like, because that's the one that's based on the movie where, like, uh, it was who was in the original one. So, no, Man on the Moon is uh, it's Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman, right? Right. As like like a biopic, like or yeah, right. Sort of like like tells the story of his life or whatever. And uh, then recently, I think a couple years ago, they put out like a documentary of like the filming of it called Jim that's and Andy, and that one's really good too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, because, uh, like, it, didn't he, like, kind of go crazy on the set and stuff like that? It was, like, always in character. Yeah, yeah, he was in character for, like, the entire time, and he, like, wanted to be referred to as, like, Andy, and, like, he just never left that space. And, like, holy shit, those two movies, those two are incredible. I'll have to check those out, yeah, because I, I, I know the backstory behind it, but I've never actually checked it out. Yeah, so I've been thinking about rewatching that, and then thinking about Sonic and, like, Oh my god, dude. Oh, another one with Sonic. Like, how fucking hilarious. Did you see those, like, necklaces that they made? I don't think so, no. There's this company called, like, King Ice or something. They made, like, these, like, <laughs> like, uh, gold and, like, diamond-crusted fucking Sonic chains. There's, like, there's one of Sonic, there's one of Knuckles, Tails, and Shadow. Um... They're so funny. Oh my god. Oh, I could I could bring it up. I I I just imagine you rocking one of those, honestly. I looked at them and I was like, these are kind of cool. If I could fuck with like if I could look cool wearing a, a sonic chain, I think I might. But I, I don't just, think yeah. I look that cool. Hold on. I just gotta do a couple uh a couple of things. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna be able to do this. Hold on. I, th I think I can do it if I hit this button. There we go. Yeah, look at this. Can you? Are you watching it on uh, the stream? I'm pulling it up now. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, look at these fucking things. 
Honestly, I thought they were gonna look more like the Furbies, the Furby from uh, Uncut Gems, <laughs> where it was more like they weren't so finely cut. Like it was like there was a lot of space in between the different stones. But like, holy shit, that's that's like spot on. Yeah, they're so cool. Like, I think if any of them, I could rock the shadow one, maybe. Or the Knuckles one, because the Knuckle one is hard. That's sick. Yeah, both of those are are pretty pretty cool. I think they make Sonic look like they don't make Sonic look goofy enough. Like he looks too serious. Yeah, like look at Tails. Like Tails' eyes and his little his little hair coming off his forehead. Like that's kind of how Sonic should look. Is kind of more like Tails and less like Knuckles and Shadow. Yeah, he looks very intimidating. He's got like a very uh I think it's his eyes. His eyes are need to be a little rounder, if possible. Yeah, it, it honestly looks like this version of Sonic is the, the real version of Sonic's older brother who beats him up. <laughs> he beats him up. Yeah, so King Ice, if you're out there listening, send me one of these chains and I'll wear them on stream from now until I'm dead. Or just throw any Sonic paraphernalia into Ricky's yard and we'll call that good too. <laughs> We'll call it even. Just throw it in the yard. Yeah, we'll call it even. All right, let me go back to that. <laughs> yeah, so pretty sweet, though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Actually, I, I thought of something that, like, because we've been, like, trying to, like, get our schedules lined up to stream and stuff like that. And there, uh, last week, no, it was either last week or two weeks ago, I was up in Penyan, New York, where they have the largest candy store in New York there. Wanna know what I tried that was insane? Like, you think it's an insane combination, but it's delicious. It's oh, crazy. God, hold on. Let me take a guess. Largest candy store. Was it a chocolate? It was a chocolate thing, yeah. Okay, a chocolate thing. I wanna I wanna say it was something spicy with something sweet. So like a caramel and like a habanero or something disgusting. No. Was it toothpaste yeah. and mint? No, toothpaste and peanut butter. No. You're you're getting closer with the peanut butter, though. It did have peanut butter in it. It did have peanut butter? Peanut butter and bugs. Nope. Was it peanut butter? that crazy. Okay, what What was it? So it was a chocolate-covered Frito with peanut butter. A Frito? Delicious. Interesting. So if anybody goes to Penyan, New York, go to the uh, the Candy Emporium and get the I think it's believe, I believe it's called the Bandito. Get that, try it. It's delicious. This is very interesting. I can't imagine a Frito and chocolate, and I can't imagine a Frito and peanut butter for some reason. It's it's insane because you're like that sounds disgusting, and then like. The dude behind the counter gave us one to try, and it's it's delicious. Was it still like salty? Yeah, you still got a little bit of the saltiness in it, but you didn't really taste the Frito as much. Dude, this is crazy. I gotta try this. Well, the guy, one of the people that work at the store, was like him and one other guy, like came up with the idea for it too. Oh no shit! And they have like everything there. They have like. All this different type of candy you can imagine. They've got Dippin' Dots. They've got, they've even got like candy cigarettes there. It's like crazy. That was a, a classic for me was the candy cigarette. Because it, 
they're not good. They just taste like chalk. Like they're fucking they gross. Really <laughs> they're honestly, so bad. Honestly, video idea. We go to the candy emporium and we we get some candy and we try it out. Can you make your own candy? I don't believe so. But they've got like tons of different different kinds of candy. They've got they've got like um, they sell them in packs. Like I believe it's six. They have like alcohol infused like chocolate truffles. Oh, that's so they interesting. Have, like, they have ones with like Jack Daniels tequila, like different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got like I think they had chocolate covered bacon when I went. They've got like insane shit. My- and they've got. They've got like all this movie theater like popcorn stuff. They have like these through their cake pops or like Rice Krispie treat things. Mm-hmm. Like, all these different characters. They have like Mario. They have like Monsters Inc. characters, Star Wars characters. Like they had the the yellow M M&M as a character. Oh my god, it's insane. We we should definitely. I think at some point when we get to the now available Empire and start vlogging and like making like videos like that, I think that's definitely something we should do. Yeah, the now available vlog. <clears throat> yeah, I think that would be that'd be fun as hell to do. We go there. Uh, we should go to uh, Red Bank, New Jersey. See all the Kevin Ooh. Smith stuff. Uh, I don't know what else. Uh, there was a really big when I lived in Portland. There was a really big candy store um, that I used to go to all the time. It was like in the middle of downtown, and I would always get like fucking Abba Zabba's. And I would just sit outside munching on an Abba Zabba. Like, it, it was just so bizarre. The shit that I did over there was so weird. Like, looking back on it, it's like, why, why did I do that? Well, d- didn't they have the theaters where you'd go in and get the, like, frozen junior mints and, like, all this yeah, type of shit? I, yeah, I think I brought that up before. But, yeah, um, when, the first time I went to the movie theater there, they served alcohol, which they don't do here. At least not in a theater I had ever been to. And they had frozen candy along with ice cream. So you could get, like, you could get those little, pop, like, not poppable, but those, like, little bite-sized, like, candy bar ice creams. You know what I'm talking about? They come in that little shaker thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so you could get those, or you can just get, like, regular-ass candy. Like, I would always get the Junior Mints. Um, that's what we need to do. We need to find a company that's going to make the now-available seal of approval movie theater candy. Yes. So if if that place will let you make your own candy, like that would be so sick. That'd be dope. Because obviously gotta... they make Fritos and fucking peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter. I don't know what I would yeah. want though. Yeah, I don't know what now available's candy would be. It would have to be crunchy. It would have to be salty. It would have to be sweet. So something. Something obviously dipped in chocolate that gets rid of mm. one. The saltiness could be like literally anything. A uh, fucking yeah. pork rind. It could be. It could be popcorn. Beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> A slab of bacon dipped in with sprinkles on it. Oh God. Yeah, I need I need to do that, and I need to get a hold of Coke and have them make a Coke flavored candy. Mmm. Because that would be the ultimate. Like, imagine a Twizzler or something that tastes like a Coke. Yeah. I might be honest with them. Candy Empire, hit me up. 
Yeah, we need candy. We need, I think, I'm just going to say we need an official now available Coke. We need, uh, we need, what's the other thing we need? We're just going to do vlogs. We're going to be an empire. We get need the whole sponsors. empire, yeah. We need the uh, now available uh, castle. It's, it looks just, like Dracula's castle on top of a fucking cliff. Yes. <laughs> That's where we do all of our, our shows from. Honestly, though, we at some point, like, if we can get, like, like bus and seats, I'd love to do, like, a live show. I think that'd be awesome. At, like, a comic convention or just, like, somewhere in general. I don't know where, but it'd be pretty It sweet. would be cool. It would be really cool to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Who knows what could happen? I'm still waiting this on that phone true. call from Ryan Reynolds. He's going to hit me up. Yeah, well, you can uh, if if uh, we start going back into lockdown, Ryan Reynolds, you can have our idea for the Jack Nicholson uh, Lakers uh, mobile commercial that we had back in the day. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to bring that one back. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, all right, do you want to get also oh, wait, now available ahead. sketches? Now available sketches need to happen someday. The sketch, oh, like a sketch show. Like, not even just a sketch show, but just like random sketches that we make and put out. Dude, the going <laughs> going to the candy store would be a good one. Um, I think I think bringing up like the, the the theaters that have like alcohol and stuff like that. We need to go to like an Alamo Draft House or something. Oh my god, that was my dream, dude! I always wanted to go to Alamo Draft House. Ricky, Ricky and Adam take California. Yeah, the California Road Show. We go to next time they have a kind of funny event. We go out there and we just we we ride their coattails. For real, yeah, cool. Now we're gonna go. We're gonna do all the things that they do. <laughs> no, we're, we're we gonna, definitely have to go to Alamo though. That'd be so sick. Yeah, we'll. What we'll do is we'll whatever the the. Wherever the event is, we'll just set up a table outside and have a little portable microphone <laughs> and just talk to it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a fucking one of those foldable tables. We just set that up. We're sitting on the curb and we're just talking into the microphone, asking people like, hey, what are you guys doing here? What are you doing at this movie theater? What are you here to see? Just harassing fucking anyone that walks by. No, what we do is we dress up like crazy bums and we sit on sit on the curb and just have 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 something that we're pretending is a microphone, but is actually a microphone, like something random. Okay, like hide that microphone in like a bag of chips or something. Talking just, to the like, bag of chips, to and, like, like ask a question. <laughs> That's now available on takes it to the streets. <laughs> uh, takes it to the streets. All right. Do you want to get into this movie that we've watched? I say we should, considering we're like half an hour into the episode. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> who cares? We literally haven't talked about anything. It's our freaking show. We can do whatever we want. This is true. Yeah. So if you <laughs> want to just hear about the Suicide Squad, just skip to 30 minutes into the <laughs> podcast and you'll be fine. <laughs> whatever. Skip to skip to the end. I don't care. Do whatever you want. It's your it's your yeah. ears, and it's our show. As long as you give us some money, that'll be that'll be fine. Yeah. 
Are you are you destroying things over there? I'm good. Yeah, I just the idea of someone paying for this is so fucking funny to me because like it's it's just us. We're just having fun. We're just having fun out here. Someday we'll have the studio and the castle on the cliff, and at that point we'll be making making money. <laughs> Actually, a production value. I need that castle on the cliff. Hell yeah, dude! All right, get into the matrix. Entering the Matrix, this week episode in theaters and on HBO Max is The Suicide Squad, written and directed by James Gunn. It was released August 5th, 2021 in the United States, has a runtime of uh, 132 minutes. It had a budget of $185 million, and as of right now, it has a box office of $71.4 million. Um, we don't know any HBO Max numbers as of this point, but... This movie is on HBO Max, so we decided, hey, we both like this movie. We both want to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. True. Did you see that shit on the internet where, like, they were, like, complaining that the Suicide Squad wasn't making money in the theater? I saw stuff like that, yeah. it's it's It doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's, like, it's going to be double dipping. There's going to be uh, issues with, like new variants of COVID and stuff like that. So yeah. there's a lot of a lot of different things uh in factors playing into why it's not doing gangbusters. But if it's doing good for HBO Max, then it's not gonna be a big deal. It just it seems so weird to me that they would still like like people don't think that like the pandemic was going to affect the movie theater. Like people are more like cautious about what they're doing out. You know what I mean? So like, mm. why would they even? Th- <laughs> why would you even think that it was going to do amazing in the theater? Right. I think the tough part is too is that we're swinging in this swinging back up again, mm-hmm. where like, uh, like last month or a couple months ago, it, everything seemed to be winding down. Everybody's getting their vaccines. You go to the theater again, and that sort of thing. And I think it's just we're still kind of in the in the midst of this issue so it's kind of like we have to just kind of wait for the theaters to completely regain what they what they had before yeah especially in the cases of like HBO max where it's like okay you can see it both ways a lot of people are going to opt to stay home now especially in more populated areas where like people like me are like oh i'm gonna go see it in theaters because i'm addicted to theaters and that's how i think movies should be seen yada 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 on my uh in my ivory tower over here off the, the side of the now available uh, castle on the cliff. <laughs> the now available ivory tower, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in like, I'll go to the movie theater if there's, like, if it's early in the morning. Like, I, like when I saw a Green Knight, because there was only, like, six people. I'm vaccinated, like, I... So am I, yeah. Yeah, so it, that, I, I can take that risk. Like, I feel comfortable taking that small mm-hmm. risk. I still go to, like, the store and shit. Like the grocery stores, and there's way more people in there. But, like, I'm not going to go see a movie opening night when it's, you know, that prime time when everyone's trying to go see the movies. Like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, Yeah, I saw it. I saw it in an independent theater on Friday at 3.45, and there were me, my brother, my dad, and then two other people. Yeah. So it's, like... Not a lot of people, like, same when I went to go see Green Knight, which we talked about on last week's episode. It was me and one other person. 
Oh, so dude. Oh, like, my God. So it's not even like if you hit it at the right point, you're not going to get a lot of traffic in the theaters, especially if it's like during the week, like in the morning, even at night during the week, you're not going to have any issues. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that you saw the Green Knight with one other fucking person and you still didn't like it. And I watched it with a dude that sat next to me hopping and puffing that whole time. I can't believe this. I can't believe it. (laughs) Oh my god. Whenever whenever that movie comes to whatever streaming service it will, which is probably going to be Amazon Prime because that's where every A24 film goes... First week it's available, I'll watch it again. We can watch it for the show and discuss it further. Okay, perfect. I'll give you that. As much as I'm, like, not high on that movie, I'll, I'll give you that much because of how much you love it. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit it. All right, thank you. That's, um, that's more than I could ever ask for. <laughs> Don't ask me to rewatch uh, It Follows because that's going to be a hard no for me. Yeah, not no. interested. We're gonna not do that. Uh, not <laughs> not interested. Spectacular. Just, just gonna end up in the trash. Big, big if true. All right, let's get into the good of the movie. Which um, there is a plenty. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, sometimes when we do these episodes, I'm like, you know, I liked one thing. And then I like I disliked a hundred things. I think this might be the first time where it's the opposite. Like there's, I've watched the movie three times, all on HBO Max. I did not go to the theater. Um, like I said, I was gonna, like I said I was gonna, but I have watched it. And there's only a couple of things that I didn't like, but that I were that are very nitpicky. Um, that I you would never, for me. yeah, you would never notice it unless you watch the movie multiple times. Um. But okay, so for the good, the f- I gonna be so much good that we're probably gonna miss stuff too. And after oh, the episode, we're gonna be like shit. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the <laughs> the first thing, the like, I really, really liked how they kind of like they play on your expectations and they like flip it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the- that's that whole opening sequence with the way everything unfolds is, I think, is like. James Gunn's like, okay, there was a Suicide Squad, but this is what Suicide Squad is. Like, he resets your expectations to, to what will happen, and I think he does it to great effect. Yeah. Um, I really Another thing that's kind of nitpicky that I really, really liked was pretty much in any other movie where they're, like, introducing, like, a large cast of characters, it'll be like, you know, say it's uh, Blackguard, right? And it'll be like a freeze frame, and it's a and his name will pop up and like some stats or something goofy like that. Yeah, like the last Suicide Squad. Yeah, so this doesn't have that doesn't happen in this one. And I was like, yes, like we didn't need to see that. And I thought that was like a really cool thing. Like he understands that other movies do that and doesn't need to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing that helps too is in that opening sequence where they get uh, Savant and they're showing off the team and stuff like that. They're saying the different characters' names as they like pan through and stuff like that. So you get the idea of who everybody is and continuing on with like the them walking from that giant American flag thing is mm-hmm. you get the idea of who these people are and what's going on. You get, you have the base knowledge you need for what's going to happen. So, oh my God, it's so cool. So James Gunn, I feel like he is the best at making you care about characters that no one else cares about. Like shit yes. characters that no one cares about. Um, 
so that whole opening scene and even into the like the the title card like i love that i thought that was such a cool like camera movement like through the wreckage um you know they come up on weasel and he's fucking dead and you're like man i'll release me i was like i was so excited to see weasel because i thought he was just like disgusting and like hilarious looking but yeah they spin around his ass and then, then they go and they show everybody else who's dying or dead um the there's so many shots in the movie that i'm just like blown away by mm-hmm. um the, the very first one is like boomerang's arm like sticking out of the sand and the moon is in the background oh my god that looks so cool to me i don't know what it is i think i think the first shot for me is the the opening shot of the movie where it's upside down in the puddle and you see savant with the ball and it like paint like the camera swings around to see him right side up and you've got johnny cash playing he's bouncing this ball around and mm-hmm. everything like that i think it's an awesome way to open up the movie because it it's so fast and so fluid so you're like these are definitely the bad guys They're in prison they had they get this chip uh because if they they abandon the mission they'll die um and then it goes into all these different films and stuff like that and all these like random people that they assemble for these missions and how they're run by like this this like uh, this like special ops group and stuff like that run by amanda waller and that sort of thing so it's it's definitely it's definitely nice to just be like, okay, we're in this world, we're going, we're gonna explain the rules very fast. Yeah. And then that continues basically until like the opening credits of the movie. Or, like the opening opening piece of it, like with the montage like you're talking about, we're showing everybody. Cause like I think it's James Gunn just comes out and he's like, This is my movie, this is what it's gonna be, where they have them come to the beach and everyone dies except Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> Cause it it all starts with they're 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 in this plane, they're all parachuting. And like before that, there's this great dialogue between all the characters where you're like, okay, this is definitely a James Gunn movie. We're getting all these funny jokes mm-hmm. uh with like the werewolf, Afghan hound. Uh <laughs> the one that got me the most though was when they were talking and uh um they're like, what does TVK stand for? It stands for me. Name's a bunch of letters. Every name's a bunch of letters. And it's like just all going back and forth. And it's fucking hysterical. The dialogue they're having. Pete Davidson. I don't even like Pete Davidson that much. But in this one, yeah. I loved him in it. I thought he was hilarious. Because he's just like, yo, is this a dog? You're like, what? No, does he even look like a dog? Like, just him saying, is it a dog? Cracked me up. And then I'm freaking out over to werewolves. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with all the breeds. Like, I, it's fucking funny. Um, I think it's an Afghan hound. <laughs> like, what kind of dog looks like that? With his eyes, like, popping out of his head. Like, such a cool character. Like, I love Weasel. He's my favorite, for sure. Well, I think I think one of the things I love about Weasel, too, is he's played by uh, Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother. Yeah. Which, he he is always spot on with all the physical comedy and whatever he's in. Mm-hmm. So, like, he does the motion capture for him. You see him, like, running, like, at the end credits, and it's fucking hysterical. Because, like, part... I watch it, and I'm like, I see it. I, the... I can see, like, where the motion capture was. <laughs> the part crazy. of the end is so fucking funny. Yeah, he he stands up, the way he runs, and then he's like, <laughs> he's, like, making that gross little noise. But his, like, the way his <laughs> arms move when he's running is so fucking funny. It's so it's so amazing. It's fantastic. Um, 
yeah, so is cool. Uh, obviously, I think we talked. I think we talked about this earlier, but uh, the the uh, detachable kid in like mm-hmm. that whole reveal and everything, it's hysterical. Where it's like he's got these arms, and you're like, oh, they're gonna go into town. And he's like, they <laughs> they fucking slow. They move so slow. Like when I was watching it, I was. <laughs> what I love about that whole opening scene is like. Yeah, they're super villains or whatever, but they're not invincible. And like, if they're like D-list characters for a reason, you know what I mean? Like the de- detachable kid. One, he's not even a kid; he's a fucking man. But like, he's like a buff dude. But the way his arms float and like his power is pointless. It's like they just fucking float through the air real slow. And then when they get to those guys, they're just like slapping. And like, kind of like knocking their guns around. They're not doing anything. It's yeah, oh my that, god! All the all the character interactions of that first team and like the way they act and stuff like that is hysterical. The I think the most shocking death out of all of them though was uh, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, I thought he was going to be in the whole like in a lot of the movie, um, but he he doesn't end up. He ends up like biting it because Mongal like grabs the helicopter, swings it down. Chops through a bunch of people. There's this whole all all, all out of assault uh, where it's like this whole army versus like these these like 15 or so bad guys with like some of them have superpowers, some of them are just good at shooting. Yeah. It's like well, you get this like right from the get-go with like with like Pete Davidson's character dying, where his face just gets blown off, and then like they have the boomerang and it just goes. And like you see him go like drop the people with it. Yeah. It's it's such a well put together and such a great setup to the world. I think it's such just a it's like the perfect introduction to to a world in a movie. Like it doesn't get much better than that, especially once you get into like all the characters dying and then it goes to that song and they're going back and forth from like all the people who bet in the office and different stuff like that, where it's like there are these casualties, but it's it's not out of the ordinary. It's something normal. Yeah. Um, so there was a scene. So in the in that beginning scene, when they flash back to the office, and you see Amanda Waller, and she's sitting there in the chair. Um, she's got like a smirk on her face, and I wondered if she sent them there to die. Like she wanted to kill them because they're like bad guys for the most part. Um. I think so I, I got that like feeling that she knew that they were gonna die, and that she was just like, "I kind of want them to die anyways." Yeah, she chose. She definitely chose the shit team, and she's like, "This is gonna be the deep boy. the The superior team is gonna, um, gonna be be able to sneak in because this team is the distraction. The only people I'm shocked by, well, actually, Harley Quinn makes sense that Amanda Waller try and kill her. Yeah. Um, but Rick Flagg kind of surprised me too. But thinking about it is maybe she was trying to kill him because she knew if he found out that what was on the drive that he would do what he did. So I think that might be why he was on the first team. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like the um he's like too much of a boy scout. Like they knew that he wasn't gonna do what he needed to do. Yeah, so that's why they they wiped him out or were trying to wipe him out in that initial yeah. initial spot. Um, so, so another thing, okay, there's so many, like I was saying, there's so many fucking cool shots in this movie. Mm -hmm. My favorite, I think my favorite shot in the whole movie 
is that little scene where King Shark like rips open that dude. It's like it's toward the end. It's when they're yeah, when they get to Johanheim. Yeah, and it's raining out. He like he like yanks them apart and there's a fucking lightning crash in the back. Like fucking oh awesome. my, how fucking cool. So I was reading mm-hmm. uh when I was watching it, I was reading some trivia. And one of the trivias for that I read was about that scene and that the guy being pulled apart was a practical effect and that the shark was CG. Everything else was CG, but the, but the body being like torn apart was practical. Like, well, you can definitely see that in the, in a lot of what they do, like, especially, or like, I think the moment that like sticks out to me from my rewatch, cause I rewatched like the second half of the movie before we, we did this episode is when Tinker gets whipped in half and they, they, Scarl swings him and the body goes into the the wall and it's just a splatter effect. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I feel like a lot of that comes from James Gunn, I believe, being from the trauma, like the trauma camp, where it's like all these campy kind of horror movies and that sort of thing, like being where he originated. So it's kind of that physical or those practical effects kind of coming through to, to greater effect here. Dude, okay, so speaking of trauma, I was reading in the cast. That Lloyd Kaufman is in the movie somewhere. He's uncredited. But he's he's a co-founder of Troma. Oh. He's the one. Yeah. Yeah, he's very like if for the Troma heads out there and like people who don't know what Troma is, but like he's a very like outspoken dude and he's very um he's an older guy. Uh a little harsh, a little abrasive. But yeah, I, so when I read that, I was like halfway through the movie. So I didn't see him in that second half. So he must be somewhere in the beginning. It's possible he's in like the in like the prison scenes too, because um, because like going back to like that opening sequence, we see Savant's head blown off. We see what can happen to the Suicide Squad when they don't don't follow orders and whatnot. And um, I love the the thing with the bird where he kills the bird at the beginning and that goes back and like eats him. But yeah, it, like, that Earth, full the circle. ones eating the same same kind as eating him. Which is interesting, because then um, one thing I I noticed and really liked about the movie, like it was it was in my second watch along that or watch through that I actually really liked this a lot. Because the first time I was like, because I don't generally enjoy it in movies, but like the way they they show the writing and stuff like that. Uh huh. Because because at first I'm like, this just seems forced. This seems out of place. Yada yada yada. And then upon my second rewatch, I'm like. This is literally a comic book brought to life because that's what they do in comics. You get the splash page with the title and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is genius because it's showing it in the world um, the way it would be shown in a comic book. Because this this movie is basically, to me at least, it's like a, a full story arc starting from issue one to issue whatever the story arc ends in. And that's why you get the little interstitials because it it sets up a new issue. Because that's why, like, there's the thing, like, with the Dirty Laundry, Operation Harley, like, all this stuff where it's built into the background. Yeah. Is is to do that. And I think, because me and you are both comic book readers, I, to a certain extent, anyways. And that that stuck out to me because one of the things I love about this movie is, like, and I think that, like, the, the words and stuff like that exemplify this is it feels like a live-action comic book. And it doesn't, and with that, it doesn't take itself too seriously in the story it's telling, which I think to, has is to great effect because that's kind of what Marvel's Marvel's done too. Not to the same degree, I think. I think this is much more like a live action comic book than what Marvel's done. Yeah, uh, because James Gunn has full control 
but it's it makes it it I think it makes it a better product where you where you juxtapose it to like the original Suicide Squad or any of the other DCEU movies where it's like all dark and gritty and it's like there's no fun to have here like Batman's like branding people to be murdered in prison and like yeah. all this different dark stuff uh and it's like that's not what comics are supposed to be they're supposed to be like this lighthearted fair where this is you get the over the top violence but it's it feels like a comic book and it feels like like you get the quips in there you get kind of the fun experience of reading a comic book even if it's like of these unknown characters mm-hmm. yeah you do get that, that the, like the fun of it and then you get the like the violence of it Mm-hmm. Oh, like the, like the big the big things like like Starro at the end is like you know the big monster like the big I don't know but that even though he's destroying the city you get that dude saying we gotta hide you up in this shit like uh so yeah you get the the two sides yeah I think this is like like the, like I said this is a very well done uh comic book like this I think is. When you're talking about comic book adaptations, like this feels like it's actually a comic book brought to life as opposed to the other where it's like comic book stories adapted for film. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that that being said, I think it's it's one of the best to to make it feel like a comic book. Cause I think think I feel like the most the other like most recent ones to kind of do that were like the uh Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, because they're they aren't trying to be super grounded. They're 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 goofy. Yeah, they're definitely goofy. Which I think yeah. they're as serious as comic books are. There is a sense of goofiness to it in like yeah what you what you enjoy. Um, so I think this one's super successful. Like this is probably their, they're going to be their most successful movie. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that they're going to make? like an R-rated Superman movie or an R-rated Batman movie. That's like a theatrical release, not like the uncut version of Batman vs. Superman or the Joker. Like, do you think they're going to take that rated R formula, which seems to be working for them, and apply that overall? I don't think so, because I don't think it. the other ones justify it. Because I feel like Superman and Batman... Batman... You could justify it because of the villains he has. Yeah. Where Superman, Superman, I don't think of as being the super violent, grotesque, over the top thing. I think of it like this lighthearted affair, more like uh, the Christopher Reeve one back in the '78, where it's like Superman, the Boy Scout, like do good mm-hmm. or that sort of thing, like like Golly G, like that sort of Superman. Golly G. Like, <laughs> where I think it's more kind of. That the lighthearted side of it, but I don't think Superman merits the the violence. Whereas this movie, I think, does because of the characters it has, because it has these problematic characters who, like, with in the case of like Peacemaker and uh, Blood Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport. I think in the case of them, is they grew up this way, so this is how they handle situations. Um, so it's something that's kind of built into them. So. It has to be shown in the full, in its full breath. Same thing with King Shark and, um, like, those are the main characters. Even, like, Harley and stuff like that, where it's like, yeah. you have, 
to get the full effect of these characters, you have to show them off to their complete ability, um, which I, I think is why like a lot of the violence in this movie is merited, where Superman, I don't think, would benefit because he's this that's not the type of character he is. Maybe if Zack Snyder was making a Superman, <laughs> it would be R-rated, but that's the only kind of applicable thing I see happening with that. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I don't really think about it like that. Um, yeah, because it doesn't make sense for Superman to be lasering people in half or, you know, ripping people open or whatever. That just doesn't make sense. But it makes sense for King Shark to do it because he's he's a fucking shark and he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing I like overall about this movie is these characters are bad, bad guys. They're bad people. But the thing is, the movie doesn't make them irredeemable. Which yeah. I like, except for with the with we except with the exception of a couple characters, it doesn't make them irredeemable. Mm -hmm. Like I think Peacemaker's irredeemable, but that's that's kind of the big one. Amanda Waller, but I think that's kind of the point of the character too. Is she's not supposed to be likable. Yeah, she's supposed to be that bad bad person. Yeah, where you get you get King Shark, who's basically this sort of child, like human child. Oh, human child almost mentality in this shark where he has the shark instincts and stuff like that but he he wants to try and survive in the human world you get polka dot man who's experimented on by his mother so he has like these these deep issues and struggles because of this inter intergalactic like virus he caught uh so he's like str struggling and stuff like that and he has to get get it out and sometimes it's done in a violent fashion when he where he doesn't like to be violent but like his mother kind of sent him down this path similar to Bloodsport with his father and even Peacemaker with his father, where it's like these characters were made in a specific way by their parents, but they they still can be be redeemed. They can still be be saved because they they aren't they aren't completely bad. They are made they were they were molded in this this um like negative environment that made it yeah. this way so they're like so the people they've done bad things they're doing bad things they'll still do bad things but they have they have a heart that is trying to do more than that mm -hmm. which i think works very well the uh the polka dot man stuff like He's another character, like, you would see him and you're like, who the fuck is Polka Dot Man? Why does anyone give a shit about Polka Dot Man? But they make him so fucking lovable in the movie. Like, like he's he's kind of shy and he's kind of goofy and he's like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really think he's that bad of a person. And then you right. see, yeah, it's, it's his environment that made him what he is. Like, his mom being who she was and what they, what she did to them. Uh, him and his brother and sister or whatever. Um, yeah. But oh my god, every scene where it would be, he'd be like, oh, I see my mom everywhere is so fucking well done. Like, the first time it happens when it's her in <laughs> Peacemaker's oh, outfit. Yeah, or her head on King Shark's body, like, cracks me up. And then when they're in the barn, he's dancing, and then it, like, kind of paint, like, it shows him in slow motion, and it's and all it's his gross. mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I, I thought that was great. Like that's that's so well done. Yeah, I think Pokemon Polka Dot Man is done to a done done perfectly and done probably the best he's ever been done in this movie because of the backstory they give him, because they make it so 
he he isn't a bad guy. He's just misunderstood, and he's a yeah. product of his environment. Um, and they and uh, David Desmalchin, I think, is his name. Something like that. Yeah. And like other other superhero stuff. I think he he plays this part to a T. Like he was he's perfect casting. Like I don't think I could ever see anybody else being Polka Dot Man, to be honest. And to for me to say that, like, like to my past self, like six years ago, it'd be like, yeah, this one actor is going to define Polka Dot Man. I'd be like, what <laughs> what kind of drugs are you on, future Adam? <laughs> Listen, when you get to the future, Polka Dot Man is going to be. A, a star, a hit. Buy the buy the first appearance of Polka Dot Man and save it. Yep. It's, gonna, it's gonna be worth something someday. Um, I think yeah, going along with like how he's just misunderstood. The same thing with Ratcatcher too. Like, yes. she's she's. I don't think she's a a villain by any stretch of like imagination. I don't. She's literally a product of her environment of being poor and like using the rats to survive. She comes to America. And just continues that that same thing. It's on a bigger scale, and that's what gets her caught. Um, but I don't think that she's a bad person by any means because she's always talking about like, um, oh, but, like King Shark's gonna eat her, and she immediately is like, oh, he wouldn't do that. He has kind eyes. Like what? <laughs> uh, and then she's constantly saying to Bloodsport how there's good in him, and you know how they're gonna get each other out of this situation alive. I don't think she's a bad. I, she's definitely not a bad uh, supervillain or whatever. Yeah, because she was she she robbed a bank using the the mice, and I think that's what got her got her into Bell Rev. And I think she's definitely the heart of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think just such an endearing character because it's like this person this person isn't a bad person. They just have had bad things happen to them. Yeah. And, the whole thing where they're on the bus and you're seeing her backstory and you're seeing Taika Waititi as Ratcatcher 1 and stuff like that. And you're, he's looks like this goofy guy and he's got these rats and he's teaching her how to use them and that sort of thing. And it's like, she, she did what she had to to survive, not because what she was doing was wrong. Yeah. Or not because, not to just do wrong to do wrong. And I think, I think especially the, the speech at the end where she's holding up the whatever device like to help the rats to destroy Starro and they cut to the Taika Waititi and the younger version of her on like top of this clock tower thing or like church steeple or wherever they're sitting and it's like tower yeah yeah they're like she's like why rats dad he's like because if if something's so small and insignificant whatever they said there's Something like that. If something like that has purpose, then 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 we all do. And it's such like this this like endearing moment where you're like, this character just has like this heart of gold because her father did, but her father was just troubled. Yeah. He, yeah, and then- he loved his daughter, and that's kind of what shines through is that he passed this love onto her that she's trying to like share with others but also still trying to survive in the ways that he taught her yeah that's just giving that line gives everyone their like their purpose in the movie like they were needed for this reason or you know even bad or not like everyone is needed for a reason um yeah i think it's such such a powerful moment in the film and i think it 
because Suicide Squad was already an awesome movie, or this the Suicide Squad was already like this fantastic movie, and I think this just puts it over the top because it it isn't just another superhero movie; it's a movie filled with like this 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 big heart, which you wouldn't expect from something as crazy as the Suicide Squad. Yeah, as for what it is, mm-hmm. for for like like murderers like Peacemaker and um uh what's it called peacemaker and bloodsport you have these people like like polka dot man and rat catcher and even like king shark i think is super endearing as well because king shark he's just trying to find his place in the world really and he's because he has these animal instincts but he also just wants to fit in which i think is like perfectly shown by him just sitting reading a book at the beginning trying to trying to fit in with others and it's like it's super endearing, especially since he ends up surviving the movie and stuff like that. It's like he has this giant heart, uh, even though he's a shark and even though he's like would be considered a monster. It's he there's something greater to him than than just how he looks and and how he's he's acted in the past because he doesn't want to be that. Yeah. Um all right, is there anything else you want to mention in the good or do you want to get to the bad? I have, I actually have like so much, I feel like I have so much more to talk about because there's, there's so much to talk about. Um, I think, I think like going back, kind of trying to think of the movie sequentially, uh, when we get to, I think the whole, I think it's an interesting dynamic between, uh, Bloodsport and his daughter. And, and I like how it's changed from like how Deadshot was with his daughter, where it's like the super loving relationship to where these two are just butting heads. And it, it oh. creates this this nice kind of separation from the last movie and what Will Smith was doing versus yeah. what Bloodsport is and what his character's doing. And that whole motivation and kind of showing Amanda Waller as this evil person for threatening his 16 year old daughter and forcing him into going into Task Force X is interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think. Idris Elba's really entertaining in this role. Um, for me, Bloodsport is not one of my favorite characters in the movie. I think he does a great job playing what he does, but I think, I think like King Shark, Polka Dot Man, or Ratcatcher Two, like these characters are what dear me to this movie, where he's kind of just the the vessel for getting the story through. Mm-hmm. And I think the same's true with uh, Harley Quinn as well. Is like explaining the backstory behind like the the government and what's going on there um we didn't we didn't i don't know if this is in your the bad or not but uh we didn't bring up the the uh their attack on the the freedom fighter camp to rescue oh. rick flag where they have this insane like uh blood sport and uh and uh peacemaker are having like this 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 kill off basically of like battling all these different people and stuff like that and trying to like infiltrate this camp by all means necessary <laughs> to rescue Rick Flag and they have this awesome kind of like like show off and stuff like that. And then eventually you get to where they find Rick Flag and <laughs> it turns out they just killed all the, the people that could have helped them. <laughs> and it's like they're like pretending they're like oh we didn't see anybody on the way and that's why they tell you and then then polka dot man's like i pretended they were my mom and i killed them and then king shark just burps up this this like finger or whatever yeah dude 
the first time I watched it, that blew me away. Because I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, they're fucking really going for it. And they're like, you know, they're getting all these cool, like, kill, like, uh, different kills and shit. They shoot that one dude, and he, he's got no pants on, his dick is out. Like, it's so fucking funny. Uh, yeah, then yeah. The big reveal of is that they just killed the people that were going to help them. Is like, oh my god. That just adds to, to James Gunn, like, taking your expectations and, and fucking with it. And like... And I think he does that to such great effect in this movie too. It's done yeah. so so well. Yeah, because they do. He does it again too, um, in that scene where you first kind of like figure out what Starro is and how mm. like he's being kept there against his will and he's being experimented on and like he's being fucked with. And, like he just wants to go back to space or like go back home or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the whole time you think it's the opposite. Cool. Like he's here to fuck with you guys, but he's not. Yeah, that 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 whole reveal is really cool too. And I, I uh, jumped ahead because I was just like going through it in my mind, and I'm like, I skipped the scene where they're at the camp and they're sleeping and stuff like that. And then King Shark tries to eat uh, Rat Ratcatcher too, and you get you get kind of what we talked about, where it's like this loving thing where she's like trying to spread this love to King Shark to protect the others. Yeah, and then you you get John Cena in his fucking tidy whities and it's hysterical it's just spot on and at one point it's like a close-up and it pans up something like that when they mention it it, that whole back and forth between blood sport and in in peacemakers just just kills me it's so good there's um yeah that scene i thought when i first watched well not the Every time I watch it, that part just cracks me up because he's in fucking tidy whiteies and he's absolutely ripped. Like he's so fucking buff. But this, there's a scene and they got where a couple shot uh, socks shoved in there too. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? The scene where they're in the um, where they get arrested and they're in that truck and it rolls down the hill. Uh, mm-hmm. when he when they all come out, they. Idris Elba comes out and he's got like a wife beater on and some slacks. He's looking real cool. Rick Flagg's got that yellow shirt and like some pants. Like he's looking cool. But the <laughs> Peacemaker has like a polo and like cargo shorts. And the polo is so fucking small on him. And like it's like a, a crop top. Like his stomach is completely exposed. Uh, that part cracked me up. Uh, it's it's oh, so. Just, All the Peacemaker stuff. Is, what were uh, you saying? Oh, that reminded me of another part that I wanted to mention that I almost completely forgot about. When before that, when they're going into the bar and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna put on dis- disguises or whatever," and King Shark is like, "He's like, yeah, I'm gonna put on disguise or however the hell he says it," and they're like, "What?" And he goes, "Fake mustache." And then I so saw I'm already cracking up about the idea of this big ass shark with just a fake mustache. But then when they tell him that he's not allowed to go, and he's like, "Fuck!" And then he like he like runs when he's like stomping and shit. Like this is like he acts. with his finger too. Yeah, his fake mustache. But him screaming "fuck" I thought was hilarious because like you don't really see him be like aggressive. Yeah. Like anytime he talks, he's uh, like you said earlier, he's very childlike, and so his what he says is very simple and like uh, goofy at at best. But when he screams "fuck" and you see him like stomping around, you can see he's angry. Is I thought that was very funny. Yeah, I think I think anything King Shark does is like either adorable or hilarious. Like, cause there's, except like when he's super violent, it's crazy. Because the first 
that's really the first time you see him like in the camp, like when they come and invade, that's the first time you see him be super violent because he picks up the dude and just shoves him down his throat. Yeah, just fucking chomps on him. Yeah, and I think I think Sylvester Stallone does a great performance as King Shark. It's like perfect. Oh, dude. It's such a oh my god, it's such a good movie. But for the um when we get to the bad, I only have like three bad things, and they're all very nitpicky. Yeah, I have I have a couple nitpicky things for the bad, but I'm like I'm still trying to think because I don't want to miss anything because this is such a great film and I enjoyed watching it so much. I'm just trying to rack my brain to see what else was in. What are the things um, I liked? Let's see. Yeah, I'm like... trying to rewatch it in my head. <laughs> I, I I really like the um so I really like the part where they're going into town in the van and you see King Shark's eyes like peeking over the side and it's got that one uh Spanish song playing and stuff like that. I think that's such a such an endearing moment because you see King Shark just wants to be normal. He just wants to be kind of an everyday person where he's that's what he what he isn't. He's he just wants to have friends, he just wants to be loved, he just wants all these things, but he can't because of his appearance and that sort of thing, which I think is really powerfully shown. And I think also speaks to why like Ratcatcher's story is so or Ratcatcher 2 story is so so good because of how it plays into the other characters too and that mm-hmm. kind of bond between them. That's in the that, scene where they're driving in, yeah, and he's looking out the window and he sees like the two people like like kissing in the stairway and then there's like the vendor like cooking food. Yeah, yeah he just wants to be a part of it. Running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's such like a heartbreaking moment. Like that whole bus ride is kind of like heartbreaking because you get Ratcatcher's twos thing. You get um um you get kind of why Bloodsport is a is a piece of shit. It's because his <laughs> yeah. dad locked him in a trunk for twenty four hours with with starving rats. And you get why Ratcatcher Two is like wants to spread this love because her father showed her that love can be found in the smallest of things in the the tiniest of places. And it's it's really powerful um with the, with those particular characters. Um and then because I'm just trying to think, because we have the van scene, then they go into the club where they find Thinker, and they're drinking and stuff like that, and I think it's the whole drinking and, like, the whole night and stuff like that, the way it's shown is, like, awesome. Like, in particular, like you brought up before, the uh, the polka dot man thing, where he's, like, dancing, and it, like, swings around and then comes back, and you see his mom and everybody, and it's just him, yeah. like, just trying to, like, like enjoy life. Well, well, this burden is like surrounding him. I, I really like that bar scene because it's like a, it's a cool like them kind of like they know what they're what they have to do and they know that they have like their problems with each other, but that scene kind of like brings them together as like a, like you know we're gonna have these drinks. Bond. Yeah, it's like yeah, a team bonding them. thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I thought that was really cool, and then I laughed when Peacemaker calls. <laughs> Calls a uh, blood sport inspector gadget because he's like trying to convince him, like, come on, we can we can have one drink, and he calls him inspector gadget, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it's such a it's such just uh, a funny moment. Or like anything between blood sport and uh, peacemaker just kills me in this movie because they're they're like two sides of the same coin, basically. Yeah, yeah, they have the same uh, story. It's like they're siblings. And, like, it's mm-hmm. that kind of, like, banter and that kind of, like, competition. Like, the sibling rivalry. Yeah, like, at the beginning when they're, like, Amanda Waller's introducing the team. And they're, like, uh, um, 
that's my that's my story that's what <laughs> happens to me and then like all the peacemaker stuff like leading up to it showing the difference where he's like like if there was a, a bunch of dicks on this beach and uh to save every or bring peace i'd have to eat all of them i would and then there's like the other where he's like uh i'd kill every man woman and child <laughs> to get peace like he's like if this beach was full of dicks and they said i had to eat them all for peace i would say no problemo <laughs> like, he's like, like what a fucking idiot oh dude he's the best i cannot john wait for the show movie, john c in this movie is perfect yeah i like, think he's great is, this he was bored for this role like <laughs> there's there's no like if ands or buts about it it's like that's he was born to play peacemaker <laughs> i would say no problemo um <laughs> All right, let's get to the bad because we're on like almost fifty minutes of the good. <laughs> We've been on this one for a okay, minute. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll, right. I'll just run through some some uh, some of the final stuff quickly. I like the oh, uh, the I like Tinkerer. I like the way they they lead into the base and find stuff. I like how they they go in, they rip the guy apart. Uh, King Shark makes Peacemaker a little version of him. He's just like <laughs> put it on the wall, smashes it in the body. Yeah. Um, I like the reveal that. This whole time, like the U.S. is here because they're trying to cover up kind of the fucked up shit they did with Starro, and that's that's super cool. And then uh, the whole uh, what's his name? What's the guy's name? The Milton. The whole Milton thing Milton, is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Fucking Harley Quinn at the end and calls Bloodsport Milton, and there's like a whole <laughs> back and forth about how his name is Milton, and she's what the fuck? <laughs> what? I thought that that's- was very funny. That was really funny. Um, I like I like uh, Peacemaker's turn where he's the bad guy and he's the one doing this mission for Amanda Waller because she knows that he will he will go through it like getting the drive and stuff like that because he is one for peace and if they don't do it this way there won't be peace and I like that whole Rick Flag fight. Uh, that part's really cool with the helmet where you see him fighting in oh. it and. I almost completely forgot about that. Yeah, that scene is so fucking cool. Like, you see the whole fight, well, not the whole thing, but you see the majority of the beginning of it, like, th- from the reflection of the helmet. Like, what a cool shot. And then I, I think the ending's so cool and unique that they're, like, fighting in this bathroom, like, this really shitty bathroom, and they're, like, throwing each other into things. Yeah. And, like, how it's a piece of tile and stuff like that, and go goes to the fact that, like, Peacemaker can use anything as a weapon, same thing as Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. It, but it's kind of crazy that it does the Mortal Kombat zoom in where it's like fufu fufu yeah it. zoomed in on his fucking heart bleeding out which is insane yeah um I like all the Star Wars stuff I like the flying starfish and I like how if they don't get to somebody they land and they go uh I like uh I like Star Wars Star I like the look I how, like how they treat it like a kaiju in the, yeah all the other movies. Um, you got to freaking kaiju you up in this shit. Now, if you were, if you existed in the DC universe, you would be that guy that screamed that. <laughs> yeah, me behind the screen, just freaking out or betting on who's gonna die first in the in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. There's all this crazy, crazy stuff. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I like the, I like the whole like we talked about before the final battle of Star with the rats and stuff like that. I love the the whole thing with Polka Dot Man where he sees uh sees his mom destroying the city. Giant like, mom. Like he's like using his polka dots and he's like oh. and then he like he gets crushed. 
which is like devastating because he's yeah. like this character and he's finally he's finally like reaching this point where he's actually like being the person he wants to and he just dies which is heartbreaking and then we forgot to bring it up but i love the javelin part where harley quinn gets the javelin and she's like she's like what's this for and then yeah. at the end she finds out that it's or it's like finds out that that's what's gonna kill star and she jams it through his eye and then you see her like sitting in like the the eyeball and stuff like that floating around and then you get all the rats coming in and eating like the optic nerves and it's insane but it's so cool yeah so, so i got yeah okay we gotta get to the bad because i got so going oh, off of your one, last one, point, one last thing you one son of a thing. bitch or okay. two last things okay sebastian fucking awesome love sebastian oh he yeah died. thought he was gonna die glad he did fucking love him he's like i want sebastian best number rat. two best rat number two well two and a half i love the end scene with sebastian Bloodsport. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That moment's great. We're on the plane leaving. Number three, the soundtrack is killer in this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's awesome, as to be expected by James Gunn stuff. I've listened to it more and more. Um, kind of the more and more I get it, or the more and more I listen to it, the more and more I get into it. Um, and there's so many great songs. Check it out on iTunes <laughs> or wherever you get that. Uh, yeah, so now that I've, like out of breath trying to fit all of that in there because there's so much good it's time for the bad ricky okay so going off of so i have three things that were very nitpicky um that i didn't like um and no actually two things and one was just kind of because it grossed me out so bad the her jumping into the eyeball grossed me out so much for some reason. Like, her just floating in the eyeball juice grossed me out. And then when they show Starro about to fall over, like, into the building, and his eye is, like, filled up with blood. That's, yeah, that's, like... Oh, my God. It grossed me out so bad. But he says, like, that great... His, like, last words are incredible. Like, him saying, like, I was happy floating, staring at the stars. I know, then, it's such a heartbreaking moment, too. Yeah. Like, even, like, even they make Starro, like, this this tragic character where he was imprisoned and he just wanted to be free, and he's trying to do that, and then the Suicide Squad are like, you're going to hurt all these people and have to stop him. And yeah. he's just, he, he, he was happy, and then he was... He was captured. And he was captured, yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. Um, but, yeah, that last line is incredible. Um, so my other two... The first one is when they're in that camp, when they're doing the the shoot, like the kill off in the camp. Mm-hmm. There's um, it's kind of like all one shot. So it's right after when Bloodsport like chokes out a dude, and Peacemaker like stabs that dude in the chest with the fucking with his like little axe, where he's yeah. like like chops him up. They keep walking and. Bloodsport like pulls out like a like a string like a yo-yo almost like something like a ball on the end. He's like whipping it around. He walks up to three people and they're already looking at him. So when I was watching it, I was like, wouldn't they have like screamed or like alerted or like charged him or something? Like the way that it the way that it was shot made it look like those three people were standing there smoking cigarettes, like looking at Bloodsport as he killed <laughs> this other dude and. They clearly could have seen Peacemaker chop up that guy. Super nitpicky, whatever. Um, but the last one 
that that bothered me again super nitpicky there's the scene when the building is like about to fall like it's like sliced in half and it's like falling and they are running up they're running up the up the floor to jump out mm-hmm. so it's Harley Quinn picks up the the javelin and she's running and it kind of looks like she's floating like it doesn't really look she's, like she's running like she's making these really long like strides but she's kind of like very floaty um and that just kind of like once I, when I watched it the first time I I noticed that like immediately so I was like oh it's kind of whack but again those are really yeah. my only things that I could say the movie's what 2 hours long and that's literally yeah. the only the only things that bothered me yeah, I have a I have a couple little things. I think like going off of that one, I think some spots the CGI is a little shoddy. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think like when when Star like pulls uh, Thinker like into the tank and he's like holding him up and stuff like that, and he's like choking him before he like rips him in half. Yeah, like I think some of the CGI is spotty there. I think with the building jumping, like you said, it it's a little little weird. Um, my other thing would be that. Uh, I know for pacing, it work, It works well for pacing, but, like, the way it builds the suspense and stuff like that doesn't work as well is the way that, um, the way that they go eight minutes earlier at, like, the very end of it. Yeah. I think that would be my other big part. They do that a bunch, where it they show you the conclusion of whatever is happening, and then they jump back. Like, they do it in the beginning, like, three days earlier. But that, the one at the end, specifically, I didn't like that either. Because, like, it could have yeah, just kept going. It kind of like stunts the momentum a little bit. Yeah, because it it felt like they could have cut back and forth or something like that. But again, that kind of was splitting up the the team. It kind of breaks up the mo- or breaks up the pacing of the movie, oh. which is the reason why it's not such a big deal to me. But I think with leaving it, the the tough part is leaving it with Peacemaker has the gun on Ratcatcher too, and then it cuts. It's like eight minutes earlier. It's like we just we had all this momentum going and then you just cut it yeah which is which is tough but that i think those are my biggest things there's something else i thought of that i liked about the movie but i can't remember it now. <laughs> um so i got some good for for the ugly i got i got three um and i got a bonus one so if you're watching the stream you're going to want to see this bonus one Okay. So let's just get into the ugly. Let me read these off for you. Okay. Um, because some of them, let me see. Okay, so the first one comes from uh, King of Potatoes, who gives it half of a star and said, "This movie was really good, but then the polka dot man got squished to death by the giant starfish man." So long story short, probably the worst comic book movie ever made. Sorry, James Gunn, but I'm never going to forgive you for this. Um. Yeah, I would agree with that because the, the polka dot man is the best character in the movie. He has his redeeming, he has his moment. You know, he's he's a superhero. He like you said, he's doing what he was like, what he's wanted to do, and then he gets crushed. <clears throat> All right, so second one we got from Alina, who gives it half a star. Half a star for the little rat. <laughs> I regret the money that I spent to watch this nonsense. So these are all like backhanded compliments. <laughs> like the rat rules. Sebastian's the best. Yeah, I don't get how you see this movie and not like it though. Unless you're not a superhero fan or you're 
like opposed to the violence in it. Like, but you being an R-rated superhero movie, you have to know what you're going in. Like, it's, yeah, you gotta, you, yeah, you gotta know what to expect. Um, but he's Sebastian is definitely number one on our rats of all time list. Yep. Um, all right, number three. This one comes from Nine Takes, who gives a half a star and says, "What a stupid movie." <laughs> That's it. Like, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinions, but man, you gotta be. You're off on that one. Yeah, I don't get it. All right, so for the for the bonus for the ugly, I was on. I fired up Twitter right before I watched the movie, and I saw this tweet, and I was like, "This is fucking hysterical." So this comes from Elise Willems, <laughs> and the tweet is, uh, "I've done the math, and it's a picture of Margot Robbie <laughs> plus a picture of Weasel, and it equals a picture of Elise Willems." Which is, I, I thought that was hilarious. Um, she's funny. That's hysterical. Elise Willems, please come do the show. We'll talk about the Muppets. <laughs> Hope she sees this. I, I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then in the, <laughs> in the comments, James had said, stop licking windows and people will stop comparing you to Margot Robbie. Stop licking what? Stop windows? licking windows. Because remember in the oh, licking beginning? windows, yeah. yeah. Oh, the other thing I forgot that I liked was I liked that we get uh, Sean Gunn, who plays Weasel, also in the movie as Calendar Man. Oh, he was Calendar Man? Yeah, he was he was Calendar Man. He was like, uh, something, something, my kid's birthday party. Yes. Why don't you come to my kid's birthday party? And then he, like, curses him out. The, the Calendar Man, I didn't, like, obviously he has another fucking, like, D-list character. Like, who the hell knows about Calendar Man unless you're, like, really into it. So I didn't know, like, when they showed him, like, the first, like, two times I watched the movie, I was like, who the fuck is this? And I keep seeing people talking about Calendar Man on the internet. So I had to go look him up, and then I realized the stupid tattoos on his forehead. Yeah, it's like the the one through twelve or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so that's that is the Suicide Squad. That's the Suicide Squad. Um, you want to get we, into what? I I was about to say it's it. We've got to get into the hit list now and rank this movie. Hit hit the list. So this movie comes from HBO Max as well as in theaters. So to rank it amongst HBO Max, HBO Max currently sits at number five, The Hills Have Eyes 2 Remake, number four, Shoulder Arms, number three, White Mile, number two, Scoop, and number one, Wonder Woman 1984. Ricky, where do you think this movie belongs? This one's a no-brainer, and it's going number one with a bullet. For sure. There's no way this movie is not number one. I completely agree. True. And the, the HBO movies that we've watched have not been that great. Besides no. Scoob. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the thing that sucks is we put Wonder Woman 1984 so high, and now I'm like, eh, it should yeah. probably be lower. <laughs> it should be way uh, lower. <laughs> yeah, but now HBO Max sits at number six, The Hills of Ice 2, number five, Shoulder Arms, number four, White Mile, number three, Scoob, number two, Wonder Woman 1984, and number one, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And don't worry, people, the sirens are on my end. <laughs> the hood's blowing up. So next up, we have the movies list for 2021. So that list is comprised of every movie we've seen in the year 2021, obviously. 
The Hills have uh, number 12. The Hills have Eyes 2 remake. Number 11, Shoulder Arms. Number 10, Take Shelter. Number 9, Mile 22. Number 8, High Rise. Number 7, Flubber. Number 6, Hercules. Number 5, The Game. Number 4, Odd Thomas. Number 3, Wonder Woman 1984. Number 2, Basic Instinct. And number 1, Tenet. Ricky, where do you think the Suicide Squad belongs on that list? For me, again, it's got to be number 1. I own Tenet, and I've watched this movie more in the last what, four days that it's been out? Five days that it's been out? Week that it's been out? <laughs> Whatever. I've only seen Tenet twice. It's funny you say that because the same thing's like true for me because originally I was like, I don't know if I want Tenet or the Suicide Squad up. But then I but then you said that and I'm like, I do own Tenet and I don't own Suicide Squad and I've seen Suicide, Suicide Squad more times than I've seen Tenet. Yeah. I'm like, geez. So for, me, it's, for me, it's number one. It's it's tough to say because I did re- I really love Tenet. But mm-hmm. then I'm also like, The Suicide Squad was just so much more of a fun movie. It was so much more endearing where Tenet's more of a sci-fi kind of like action film. Yeah. So honestly, I think I'm going to have to agree with you and this is going to have to go number one because I think I think overall speaking about it, I think Tenet is going to be, or the Suicide Squad is going to be more rewatchable and more kind of um, just fun, fun overall. And it ha- it has a heart that um, that that Tenet is missing because Tenet is kind of this more abstract kind of sci-fi action film. Yeah, where this is literally a comic book come to life. It's just more digestible too. Like everything about it is like, it's just funner, easier to watch. It's like you can put it on in the middle of the day. You could watch it on sci-fi or you can make an event out of it, you know, and get your ice cream and your popcorn and watch it and be like, okay, this was good. Yeah, it's, it's very true. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to have to sit at number one for our, our list for this year. So the 2021 list stands at number 13, The Hills Have Eyes 2 Remake. Number 12, Shoulder Arms. Number 11, Take Shelter. Number 10, Mile 22. Number 9, High Rise. Number 8, Flubber. Number 7, Hercules. Number 6, The Game. Number 5, Odd Thomas. Number 4, Wonder Woman 1984. Number 3, Basic Instinct. Number 2, Tenet. Number 1, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. James Gunn presents The Suicide Squad. And now we go to our all-time ranking list. Ricky, would you be so kind to bring up the ranking? Um, I forgot to update this list. <laughs> update this list. Okay. From earlier. So, so literally the only thing that has changed, and it looks like my list might actually be off as well. Wait. Yes, I'm missing something on my list. What am I missing? Oh, I know what I'm missing. Give me one second and we'll be good to go. Okay. Good to share this. Okay. Yeah, so, I just, uh, okay. Our all-time ranking list stands at number 23, The Hills Have Eyes 2, number 22, Catherine Upside Down, number 21, Shoulder Arms, number 20, Take Shelter, number 19, The Runner, number 18, Mile 22, number 17, Conan the Barbarian, 2011, number 16, White Mile, number 15, High Rise, number 14, Taxi Driver, number 13, Prince of Persia, number 12, Flubber, number 11, Scoob, number 10, Hercules, number 9, Wonder Woman, 1984, number 8, The Game, number 7, Labyrinth, number 6, Haunted Mansion, number 5, Basic Instinct, number 4, Odd Thomas, number 3, Clue, Number two, Tenet, and number one, friend of the show, Nick Scarpino's waiting for the punchline. This one I was having a, I was having a tough time with because I was like, do I owe it to friend of the show, Nick Scarpino's punchline? 
right? Do I do I knock him down to number two? Oh, for James Gunn, present Suicide Squad. And right. as much as it you know hurts me to go against my friends, friends of the show, <laughs> I think this is number one for me. Um, for no other movie have we talked about for like fifty minutes plus on just the good. Yeah, we we talked about like so much of the enjoyable nature of this film. I think I think it'd be a different story if Clue was higher up on the list for me. Because I feel mm. like Clue, it'd be tough between going between the two. Because Clue is just such a fun movie yeah. that like you can rewatch over and over again. But I think with the way the current list stands, I think I think number one is where the Suicide Squad belongs. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with that. So I gotta add. No, I gotta add the Suicide Squad and uh, take shelter. Take shelter. Yeah, I almost forgot what the movie was called. Yeah, I have the I have the the list shared with you too. So if you want to look at like the updated version where everything goes, I've got that. So uh, the top ten now available all time movies stands at number ten Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, number nine the game, number eight Labyrinth, number seven Haunted Mansion, number six Basic Instinct, number five Odd Thomas, number four Clue, number three Tenet, number two Friend of the Show, Nick Scarpino, sorry about this, waiting for the punchline, number one, the Suicide Squad. Nice. So we've got a pretty pretty killer list. We'll see if this this movie can be beat. There's a couple movies coming out. Well actually no we won't rank those so never mind i'll, I'll back that up because <laughs> i'm like i'm like what other movies are coming out this year they're supposed to be really good <laughs> but that's like that's not uh that's not how this works dune dune we could do dune we could do uh because that is going to be on hbo max mm-hmm. um dune should be really good the other one that i think is going to be really good is ghostbusters afterlife but oh, i forgot I about that be, i think that'll be a theater exclusive so we can do brief spoiler cast and maybe even a full or a brief like review and maybe a full episode on it depending on mm-hmm. how much we want to bend the rules it's not true we can do whatever the fuck we want <laughs> all right let's in head our, over in our castle on the hill yeah <laughs> in our dracula's castle we're now heading over to the spin the dreaded spin the thunderdome the thunderdome spin um if you're new here if you're this far into the show what the fuck um but each week <laughs> we spin um the roulette wheel three times for the movie that we're going to watch the following week that we're going to talk about that's the whole point of the uh like the movie the club the the book club for movies aspect of the show um in this upcoming week we're going to disney plus let's spin this wheel and see what we get are you ready yeah we'll spin the wheel three times and then choose out of those three spins of what will what will take out. All right, big money, big money, big money, big money. The Princess Bride. Ooh. Okay. 1987. Um, this one. Ooh, oh man, we might not even need to spin this motherfucker again. I. All right. Let's, my vote so far for Princess Bride. So let's spin it one more yeah. time. Okay. For the birds, two thousand. That one's only three minutes long, so we're not nope, going to do that gonna, one. We're going to spin again. Spin it one more time. Bambi, 1942. Interesting. An hour and five minutes. I thought that movie was way longer than that. <laughs> um. Okay, and our third and final spin here is going to be 
not this is like a documentary one more time hannah montana and miley cyrus best of both worlds concert <laughs> i i think we're just gonna have to do the princess bride i am 100 percent down for princess bride that sounds awesome yeah that'll be a good one to do so so before next week Make sure you're subscribed to Disney Plus. Watch The Princess Bride unless you own it on some sort of physical media. Then you don't have to subscribe to Jack shit. Uh, but make sure you subscribe to Ritz Khalifa on Twitch to catch us going live. Uh, YouTube, Adam Howard, and podcast services now available wherever you get your podcasts. And Ricky, where can the good folks find you at? Um, oh, like you said, on Twitch and then on Twitter as well at Ritz Khalifa. You can see it on the uh, stream here. Where can the people find you? <laughs> they can find me at our AK88 and at Star Room Studios on Instagram and Twitter for both of those. Find out the latest and greatest of what's going on in terms of what we're doing for now available as well as any other projects we might be working on in our now available empire. In the empire. Make way for the Empire. All right, yeah, so uh, until next week, everybody, uh, be ha- be safe. Go to the movies. Um, be careful out there. Um, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you. I'm numb. Who's? Mm-hmm.